Hello and welcome to Studio RC, an encouragement for both your recovery and your faith. My name is Pastor Max and I am an alcoholic. So this, this episode, we are going to start on a seven episode uh, journey. And we're going to take a look um, at some just some statements that are made by Jesus. Now, some, some may ask, who is Jesus? Maybe you have people at your recovery church campuses that are asking that. Maybe you yourself are asking, who is Jesus? Ever since his time on earth, people have questioned Jesus's identity and what it means and, and who he is. We find in the Gospel of John, one of the four Gospels that introduce and show us who Jesus is and all of uh, many insights to his miracles and his thought processes, Jesus answers this question with seven powerful statements. In his own words, Jesus tells us what we need to know about who he is. So for the next seven episodes of Studio RC. We're going to have uh, seven of these. This, this intro will be the same each time, and then we'll go into a different statement. But we're going to take a look at the seven I am statements of Jesus. Um, each episode will discover a different character trait of Jesus that reveals just who he is and the hope we can have in him. And, and my hope is that by the end of these episodes that you'll be able to see truly that Jesus is God and that's who he's claiming to be. Um, and he always has been and will always be everything we need and um, how he both encourages our recovery through the scripture. And um, I find that th these statements are so powerful. I got some uh, some of the teachings will be uh, from American Bible Society and some other websites informed how I, I took a look at these seven I am statements. What's unique is these statements are unique to the Gospel of John. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the fourth of the Gospel. And these seven statements, Jesus begins by saying, I am. And then he, he fills in the blank of, of who he is. And it, it gives a different aspect of his, his character. And the phrase is, the phrase, I am, it refers all the way back to the Hebrew scriptures in the very beginning into Exodus. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, where God introduces himself to Moses with the expression, I am who I am. And this statement became a way to connect with God personally and was used throughout Israel's history to convey that God always was and always will be. Jesus is explicitly identifying himself as God. Sometimes people say, well, did he really say that? These are part of those, those statements that clearly identify. He's, he doesn't want to leave any doubt of who he is. And each of the seven I am statements follow this, this basic pattern. They're written basically as metaphors and with um, each of the key element to the metaphor being that Jesus expresses I am, and, I, and I'll share them in just a moment what those seven statements are. Jesus always provides an explanation with it. So there, again, there is no misunderstanding to its meaning. 
and that it's clear to his listeners who Jesus is saying that he is. These metaphors often complement one of Jesus's miracles. They come alongside of it. And the statement and a miracle, they both contribute to the understanding of, of one another. And each of the miracle is interpreted by the metaphor or the metaphorical I am statement that Jesus makes. Each statement is intended to give the miracle meaning and context for the ministry that Jesus is performing. And they show us that Jesus's miracles were not just, just random acts of power or mercy, but that they were actions that demonstrated the meaning of his ministry and his teachings and were very intentional, as Jesus often was. Let me share with you the seven statements, and then each episode we will take a look at a different element or a different I am statement. So the first one is bread of life. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. The second statement is, I am the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the gate of the sheep. He says, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate of the sheep. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The fourth statement is, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. The fifth I am statement, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. The sixth I am statement is, I am the way and the truth and the life. He goes on to say, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And then the final I am statement is, I am the true vine and my father is the gardeners. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This sets us up for hopefully what is going to be uh, a very fascinating, encouraging um, uh, series on the I am statements. So without any further ado, let's go to this week's episode of and this particular I am statement that we're going to examine. May you enjoy it. God bless. And here we go. All right, we're going to look at our last, our seventh I am statement from Jesus in this episode. And what these are, we've had incredible uh, looks at some of the things that Jesus has said. And then it comes down to this one. This is the last of the seven statements, unique statements in the Gospel of John. And he says in, in John 15, 1, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. A couple of verses later in verse 15, 5, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, 
you can do nothing. As with many of the I am statements, there are some significant and clear things that Jesus is putting forth here. So let's jump in. Put 10, min 10 minutes on the clock and away we go. This is Jesus' last I am statement, and it's, it's very timely, um, especially for the disciples uh, who were suffering, suffering from separation anxiety, knowing Jesus' Jesus's departure was imminent. They didn't know exactly, how, they weren't clear, but Jesus was making it as clear as he could. Um, and th they wondered, you know, where's Jesus going? Will he come back? What are we going to do without him? They, they, these questions flowing through their heads. And then he says to them, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will bear much fruit. For you can do nothing without me. Jesus uses this beautiful metaphor of a vine and its branches to illustrate the deep unity he desires with us, his followers. He wants that kind of connection. Jesus said, you must remain in me, remain in Christ. That means abiding, delighting, dwelling in him daily, every single day. <clears throat> Stay connected to him through his word. We never... We never stop depending on him. And if we remain connected to Jesus, eventually we will live fruitful lives. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself. It needs the vine. Jesus is the vine. And staying connected to him, it enables us to bear the fruit of his love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those fruits of the Spirit that get produced in us um, by being connected with the vine. Jesus invites us to enjoy friendship, fellowship with him, being with him, spending time with him. He wants to have a constant communion with us, with you, so he can be our source of strength and hope. And I think for a lot of people, that's exactly who and what Jesus is. He is that source of strength and hope. And I can't help but think of when, in the big book, when it says half measures avail us nothing. In other words, <clears throat> if we do the program or the steps only partially, we don't get partial credit. We get zero credit. And this is sort of that same thing where Jesus is like, if you're not in me, you got nothing's happening. So I think that there's that parallel um, in our recovery that um, we don't want half measures. We want we want to be fully connected, fully in, and, uh, and Jesus then will be fruitful for us. Many of us have walked the rows of a vineyard, especially if you're an addict or an alcoholic, um, whether you visited a vineyard, whether you had a, you know, were there for a wedding or something, uh, many of us have had that kind of experience. And when you think of a vineyard, you think of the trees and the sprawling landscape and just this beautiful images that come to mind. Um, usually the first image that comes to mind is not the vine. 
that's not you know maybe the grapes but um but take in for a moment the great humility of jesus which what would we expect otherwise but the one who has already been described as life itself the light of the world our guide home the door to eternal life the resurrection the life the way the truth all these incredible things and he's pleased at the end right before the end of his life to speak of himself with the low and humble comparison to a vine that's so jesus right like if he's going to compare himself to something he, he he's not comparing himself to like you know some fireworks show at you know at the latest show in vegas baby he, he said, well, let me compare myself to this low and humble vine. Now, the cultivation of vineyards, it was central to the life and economy of Israel. So that they would be very familiar with it. Um, it was very, it was understood. It was common. It was, it was not overly a glamorous thing, much like a shepherd wasn't glamorous. I think as people of faith, we elevate a shepherd, but a shepherd... It was a lowly shepherd. The vine is kind of lowly. Apart from their use in wine, grapes played a, a, an equally important role in the Palestinian diet. They were part of what uh, people would eat in that area, in addition to wine. And uh, Jesus was not introducing something new. It was, it was familiar to every listener. And the centrality of vineyards to Jewish life is a comparison of Jesus's centrality to our lives. He's the center of our faith, the source of our life. The, the symbolism that, that Jesus is, uses here of the vine and the branches is very similar to that of like the head and the body or um, that we have a living relationship with Jesus and we belong to him. We're unable to live on substitutes. We, we can't produce fruit apart from Jesus. If Jesus is the true vine, the implication is that there are false vines that we can or may be connected to and continue it. Um, as the true vine, Jesus encourages us to live, remain, and make our homes in him. This invites us to having this ongoing, active connection to Jesus. And I, you know, I think that that's a powerful thing. And he's able to, as, as we've done in a previous series, when we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, we're able to produce the fruit that reflects our connection to Jesus, that connection to the Spirit. We become even more like him as these things are produced in us. Um, I think that sometimes when we work with others, there's fruit, but it, it, it tells us you can't transmit something you haven't gotten. You haven't got. And the same goes with like, if you're not connected to Jesus, you can't produce it. And if you haven't done the program or don't know the program, you can't produce it or give it to someone else. And uh, I think that that's a, you know, what, what a beautiful picture that is. This is a clear statement that Jesus makes. Um, 
I, just, just the thought, the spiritual life courses through Jesus. Um, and as long as we're connected to Christ, his spiritual life also flows through us. And I, I think of that in that when we admit our powerlessness in step one, we then came to believe in a power that was greater than ourselves. And, and the way I think of this is I am powerless. But once I discovered that I'm powerless, and thankfully the steps don't leave me there. It's not like you're powerless. Good luck. We came to believe that there was some power that was greater than ourselves, that was outside of ourselves. Um, and that, that, that then in this third step, we invited that power to come in to our, into our lives. And so that's very much like how we get grafted to Jesus. We have this, this power source that we're, we're plugging into, that we're becoming a part of. And that's actually steps one, two, and three, very clearly delineated. I think so frequently that, um, you know, people will put up with a power that's not strong or not strong. Enough. I want the strongest power I can have. And it just so happens that the power that I discovered is the power of Jesus. And the power of Jesus never lets me down. And so people don't always get right to Jesus when they're they're asking that power in in that third step prayer initially. Um, and it took me a little while to get there, but then I realized I discovered this power that was second to none, that, that, that was um, unexhaustible, that I could continue going and getting power from this, this source. Because that, that spiritual life, that it, it courses through the very uh, presence of Jesus, and it will then flow in and through us and out to others. Because we're in Christ, the life of Christ himself flows through us and through through into us and out through to others. We truly do have access to the divine, world-changing power of Jesus. The opposite reality is also true that apart from Christ, we can do absolutely nothing of true spiritual value. And, and the same would be for the steps. If we, we don't have a willingness at least to, to acknowledge or think that there might be a power greater than ourselves, that um, we're kind of stuck. But once we have that willingness to, to open it up, then we can, we can start to develop that, that relationship. For us as people of faith, we need to stay close to, to Jesus. We need to know who he said he was. We need to understand how he moves and, and reflect and try to um, emulate his behaviors as best we can. We must regularly draw near to him through prayer, the Bible, reading, fellowship with other believers, whether it's recovery church, um, going to meetings, um, but those spiritual disciplines that he gives us. Because the he is the vine through which we experience the power of God. I want to experience the power of God. I want the power of God in me as much as I can have it. Because when God is flowing in and through me, I'm doing a lot, a lot better. Um, on the night of Jesus' arrest and impending death, he told his followers this, this statement, this I am statement. Jesus uses this illustration of tending of the vine so that it can grow, so that 
his disciples were left with hope that you you can still grow you can grow with me now if you're a gardener um, and you want to produce a crop you know you need to care for it you need to cut off the bad parts prune the good parts keep out all the the little foxes and squirrels as well and this is how you can produce an abundant crop no branch can grow unless it's connected to the vine if you lop it off you can't just plant you know the branch the branch isn't isn't gonna grow jesus is saying and he again and again he is the vine and we are the branches if you want to grow then we must remain connected to him he's also saying god is the gardener and he will do whatever what every good gardener does and that's prune and cut and that's not always easy that's not always comfortable um, that looks a little like six and seven pruning the things in our lives uh, the shortcomings the the character defects that get in the way of our usefulness and so as we conclude our series and and i am the true vine um these seven i am statements of jesus teach about his identity and his purpose um they're bold and powerful statements that should shape us and shape how we view him and who he says he is. They show us that God wants what is best for us. So, so does Jesus. They are how Jesus lived and who he is. And it is a great way to start to get to know Jesus is by understanding and embracing these statements these the jesus i am statements are not intended to, to be received as mere like intellectual knowledge rather they should motivate us to worship jesus for who he is who he says he is they reveal his glorious character to us character to us he is the bread that satisfies our deepest longings he is the light that shines on the path of righteousness he is the door into the people of God he is the Good Shepherd who cares for the people of God he is our hope of a resurrection he is the only way to God he is the vine through which we experience the power of God I hope you've enjoyed our journey through the seven I am statements um, I hope that they've revealed some things maybe about Jesus that you didn't know maybe it's helped you draw closer to Jesus uh, maybe it helped you for the first time say you know what I want to follow this this Jesus person all of those things we we praise God and are thankful for so thank you for joining us in, at Studio RC and for this this particular series and uh, as always we ask that you you like the video you share the video uh, you subscribe to the the podcast get the so that you can get the notifications every time it comes out we really just want to get the word out the word out about Jesus and all that Jesus is doing in and through Recovery Church and uh, all the incredible stories of just faith and success that Jesus 
uh, is doing as he touches so many lives. So we thank you for being with us. And again, we encourage you, remember Recovery Church, 12 steps, one goal. God bless, and we'll see you next time. <music>